Soundprints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Soundprints for the week of November 18, 2018. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind announces that this year, for the first time, we'll have a roundabout on the Friday after Thanksgiving. If you're not out shopping or at a Thanksgiving happening with family or friends, come on over and relax with GLCB. At UCHM, United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, beginning at 3.30 p.m. this coming Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, sign up by calling 502-895-4598. The 2018 KCB Conference and Convention, KCB The Final Frontier, is now history. We don't have a final number yet, but we can tell you that more than 100 people were at this convention, some for a short time and others from start to finish. The conference was absolutely overflowing with information-packed presentations, exhibits, technology, and good food. We met so many new friends who were attending for the first time. And, of course, we have many thank yous to extend to all who helped make this weekend great. We'd like to recognize our sponsors for this year. Our 2018 KCB The Final Frontier sponsors are Lieutenant, $10 sponsors, Ronald Bird, Josh Gentry, Joe Kuswara, Linda Kuswara, Deb Lewis, Lucian Lott, Cheryl Lott, Jonathan McCarty, Sue Ellen Milo, Trina Muncy, Kendall Perry, Zora Schultz, Amanda Selm, Matt Selm, Cisco Slusher, Jerry Slusher, Terry Turlow, Leonard Watkins, Lita Wesley, Sue Wesley, Brianna White, and Bill Wright. Our $25 Commander Sponsors are Joey Couch, Natalie Couch, Debbie Dethridge, Samantha Hubbard and the Cox Family, Debbie Persons, Beth Phillips, Susan Robertson, David Smith, Elaine Weisbart. Our captain sponsors at the $50 level are Arthur Absher, Mary Adrian, Betty Bogus, Rick Bogus, Adam Rushevel, Carla Rushevel, Deanna Scoggins, Dave Trevino, and Deb Trevino. Our admiral sponsors at the $100 level are the Guide Dog Users of Kentuckyana, Hymns Incorporated, the Pony Ride Band, and Tri-State Library users. Our Shuttlecraft sponsor was the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind at the $300 level. The Lula Dots and Legacy sponsored at the $1,000 Constitution level, and the Louisville Downtown's Lions Club was our Galaxy $1,500 sponsor. Thanks to all who sponsored this year's convention. KCB elects officers in even-numbered years. Officers serve for two-year terms, and the 
President, First Vice President, and Second Vice President are limited to two consecutive terms. Joey Couch was completing two terms as KCB First Vice President, and so was ineligible to seek re-election to that office. Rick Bogus of Owensboro did not choose to run for another office as Secretary due to family obligations. The 2018 nominating committee consisted of Shirley Stivers of Bellevue Chair, Matthew Selm, and Leonard Watkins of Louisville, and they proposed the following slate, all of whom were elected by acclamation. President Debbie Dethridge of Louisville, elected to her second two-year term. First Vice President Josh Gentry of Louisville, elected to his first two-year term. Second Vice President Jerry Slusher of Covington, elected to her second two-year term. Secretary Natalie Couch of Louisville and Treasurer Carla Rushville of Louisville. Josh Gentry was currently serving as one of the directors on the KCB board, and his seat became vacant when he was elected to the office of first vice president. Joey Couch of Louisville was nominated from the floor and was selected to fill the one-year unexpired term as director. The banquet speaker at the KCB convention was Brian Charlson, chair of ACB's Information Access Committee and president of both the Bay State Council of the Blind and the Library Users of America. Because our theme was KCB, the final frontier, from Star Trek, and because members of ACB are so diverse and come from so many different backgrounds and walks of life, we asked Brian to speak on the Star Trek phrase, Idic, infinite diversity with infinite combinations. Brian's outstanding banquet address is on page 2. The Kentucky Council of the Blind presented all three of its major awards at this year's convention. Find out who received the William A. Ruth, James Carl Dodson, and Rose and Lewis Kane Awards on page 3. And on page 4 is the Sound Prince calendar. Page 2. I know seconds are still being distributed and dessert is still being distributed. If you could finish eating quietly, we do need to get back to our program. Next on our program is infinite diversity with infinite combinations. And that's going to be from Brian Charlson, who you heard a couple times today. He's done a great job. He, he's the uh, access committee and president of Base 8 Council of the Blind and Library Users of America from Watertown, Massachusetts. And we really appreciate they had a one-day event uh, at their chapter today, so we're really glad that he was able to come here instead. So, ladies and gentlemen, see, I told you it was kind of the Kim and Brian show. And I wasn't joking, it was true. You can't hear me. How about that? That I can handle that. <clears throat> Little transfer of uh, of uh, germs here on the microphone end, but that's a So ladies and gentlemen, you know, you've been using this theme of Star Trek, right? Throughout this conference. And I wanted to tell you a couple of odd little coincidences 
about that. First off, uh, to understand a little bit of my personal history, uh, I'm one of five children, the second eldest, and I was blinded in 1967 when I was 11 years old, playing around with household chemicals that exploded. So, um, so this first memory was from the year before that happened. The year before that happened. Um, we kids desperately loved Star Trek. The original Star Trek. Before it went commercial. Okay. The original Star Trek. And my parents knew if they wanted us to behave, the one thing they could hold over our heads is sending us to bed before Star Trek came on. And I remember distinctly this one time, and we argued, you know, they never had to go to bed before Lawrence Welk, and you guys don't remember those shows, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so they sent all five of us to bed, which were in our bedrooms on the second floor. And the way the house was constructed, there was a single flight toward the front door, then a 180 degree turn down a central hallway into the family room. So we got together, the brothers and sisters, and we had a little contest of folding paper airplanes, which we then wrote messages of apologies to our parents for whatever dastardly deed we had done. And then we began to fly them down the staircase with the distinct intent of getting them to turn at the end and go up the hallway the other way. Now, I have to tell you, those stairs and that hallway were littered with planes before one finally landed in the family room. And when my father got up to see that and saw all the other ones, we got to go watch the show. So, it was worth it. Star Trek and I go way back. Again, blinded at 11, and I remember coming home from the hospital very concerned that my brothers and sisters wouldn't love me anymore because I was broken. Now, kids, they don't have to explain why they think the way they do. They just do. And if you go to the hospital for two or three weeks, a children's hospital, guess who doesn't get to come to visit? Other children. The fear of, of childhood diseases spreading wildly through the hospital. So I thought that they wouldn't love me anymore. So I came home from that experience uh, a little, little weakened from the whole experience. And... Uh, I dealt with my loss of vision by turning off emotion. I didn't smile, I didn't laugh, none of those things. So can you imagine what my nickname was in sixth grade? Spock. I was Mr. Spock. Mr. Spock. To give you an idea of how bad this was, I didn't own a pair of jeans until I was a freshman in college because I was busy being the little perfect person and I didn't realize that not everybody was out there wearing god-awful leisure suits and such whatnot. So anyway, so those are my two Star Trek connections. Did you also know that Leonard Nimoy comes from where? Oh, good try. He comes from Massachusetts. And at the Massachusetts Science Museum, you can go into that fancy 3D theater, and he's doing the sound check. 
who put the bop in the bop and he's going all over the place. It's great. We love Leonard Nimoy in Massachusetts. Now I want to talk to you about this whole idea of infinite diversity. And I'm going to do that by taking half a dozen questions from the audience here. I'm going to ask you to respond in my little, I'll call it a poll for now. All the ladies in the room, would you please clap your hands? All the gentlemen in the room, do likewise. All of you below 60 years old, do likewise. All of you above 60 years old, do likewise. All of those who have a college education, do likewise. All of you who do not, do likewise. All the Republicans clap. All the Democrats clap. So as we do all of this, the one thing you should have figured out is there's no such thing as an average blind person. They do not exist. They do not exist. We are by our nature a diverse community. We've got this one thing in common. We don't see the way other people see. Even there, it's a little different, right? All of those who are functionally totally blind applaud. All of you with usable, some usable vision applaud. Gee, I can't find anything we all agree on. Because we're a diverse community. A diverse community. And that means that while we support one another in dealing with this whole blindness gig, the fact of the matter is, it takes a lot of compromise to pull these things off. We sit down here, and I, I have to tell you how upset I am personally with the divisions happening in our nation between political points of view. A uh, couple quickie stories about that. Um, back when I was young, I went to Willamette University. This is a little liberal arts college in Salem, Oregon. And while I was doing that, a friend of mine from many years past, uh, Kim Young, was being an intern at the State House across the street from the university I was going to. Now I was trying to figure out, you know, what they say in politics is it's as much who you know as what you know. So I thought I would go over and maybe get Kim to introduce me around so I could might get a job after college with my lovely political science degree. Uh, how do you respond to that? There's just no way. Hopefully everything's fine. Um, anyway, so I went over there and uh, Kim did introduce me around and I got reintroduced to Kim and so I came over again and again and again and uh, then she was attending a college about 50 miles south of there so I jumped on a bus let me tell you, it's true love when you get on a Greyhound bus to go on a date, okay? It just <laughs> is. So on the Greyhound bus and down I went uh, to visit her and we both became very involved as young people 
in this organization called ACB. Kim was president of uh, Oregon Alliance of Blind Students, uh, eventually president of Oregon Council of the Blind. I served as, God help them, treasurer for a few years. Uh, and we got our start there in this whole business of blindness politics. I'm not, not sure where the word politics fits. But we struggled in those days with many of the same things people struggle with today. I got this job at the State House eventually. Not the House, actually. It was the Senate. I was Assistant Sergeant at Arms, uh, which really worked out nicely for me. Because, but to do that, it was a patronage job. You know what I mean? Not what you know, who you know. And the state senator there from Salem got me that job. And he came by one day and said, why don't you come join me? I'm having a house party at my house for Congressman, can you remember his name now? What was it, Kim? O'D O'Donnell, O something like that. Anyway, he happened at that time to be the chair of the U.S. House of Representatives Ways and Means Committee. Good friend to have, right? So I'm at this house party and I've got a glass of red wine in my hand. I'm feeling quite sophisticated with all these politicos. And the, the state senator brings over the congressman to introduce him to me. And um, the congressman said, nice to meet you, son put his arm around my shoulder and says, I do my best to help you people. Um, my state senator said, well, I'm not sure you quite mean it the way you're saying it, because Brian here is a graduate of Willamette University. Uh, he works at the state house as the assistant sergeant at arms. Well, I understand that, and, and I really do appreciate that, and I make sure that, that um, that, again, the Congress takes care of you people. Now, I was a good little Democrat at the time, and I, uh, they took out the, remember the Polaroid, watch it develop? Cameras, right? So they took a picture of me with the congressman, and they presented it to me, and they had him sign the back, and I'm all excited, and I say goodnight, and I step out the front porch and toss it in the bushes. I have to say. I have no patience with that point of view. I do think, however, that people of different political views should be able to get along. Absolutely should. And I want to tell you that it's that love of diversity that really matters to me the most and should matter to you. When, um, again, because Kim and I have been in the leadership of ACB for so many years, we've met a lot of interesting people. Some of them politicos, some people we really admire, some people mm, not so much, but you know, they had a vote. So I learned to play nice, so to speak, with them. So one of the greatest political teams out there was a guy by the name of Ted Kennedy. It's hard to get farther to the left than Ted Kennedy, okay? And who did he have as a best friend? Anybody know? John somebody? John somebody? 
a Republican? John McCain was his good bosom buddy. And they sponsored together some great legislation because they realized that we are trying to get together as a country, as a society, with a great deal of diversity in it. Now, when I grew up out in Oregon, at Oregon City High School, there was one African-American family in our school district. One. Um, so I didn't grow up in a very diverse community. Then Kim and I moved to Massachusetts. In Watertown, a town of five and a half square miles. That's not very big. There are people who speak more than 100 languages as their native language. That is an amazing fact. It's a very diverse community. I remember walking down the street I had to teach myself orientation and mobility in Watertown because the Commission for the Blind said they couldn't get to me for at least six weeks. And I thought that since the grocery store was on the other side of that giant intersection, I was going to have to teach myself. So I did, and I had been told, living out in Oregon, that when I moved out to the Northeast, they're kind of cold-hearted out there. And I got there, and I'm telling you, I couldn't take five steps without somebody offering help. And almost all of them had thick accents. They were not native English speakers. They came to this country, or their parents came to this country, as immigrants. So I learned very quickly in living in Watertown what diversity really means. Everything from the poor to the wealthy, from the well-educated to the poorly educated, and well, you know, a lot of a lot of other differences between folks. Uh, Boston. When you think of that city, you think of it as an old city or a young city. And yet, Boston has more colleges and universities than any other city in the world. When the opening day happens in the colleges in Boston, three hundred and fifty thousand students step onto their, reflect, their respective campuses. 350,000 of them. It's an amazing experience. We definitely, you know, using Uber becomes a whole different experience once they come to town. Uh, graduation week, we also call hell week because traffic is terrible. First day they move in, all of the sidewalks are covered by U-Haul truck offloading in major, major ways. It, but it's wonderful in that it's so diverse in age. It's a very young city and it's a very old city. It's a city of immigrants and it's a city of blue bloods who've lived there since the Mayflower came across and all that business. They're all there, nearly literally cheek to cheek. We have our um, Chinatown. We have our North End, which is our Italian town. Great Italian food there, if you ever get a chance. Um, we have a lot of things that make us proud to be this one thing, Bostonians. So, 
as we talk about diversity in general, in all these different ways, we need to not only look past our differences, I think we need to embrace our differences. <coughs> to me, there's nothing more boring than meeting somebody just like me. There's just no way. Kim gets annoyed because I've never gotten into an Uber or Lyft without having a conversation with the driver. And if he has an accent, my first question is, what's your country of origin? And we start talking about food from there. So when I heard David talking about lamb and pita bread and hummus, yeah, that's good, that's good, I'm for that. Diversity, diversity in every way. It is hard to always feel that way. I used to think that I was a pretty liberal thinker until the first time somebody who I'll identify simply as a ghetto personality, don't care what color his skin is, talk about a ghetto personality, um, tried to panhandle from me. I'm standing in front of the State Commission for the Blind Building, waiting for paratransit to arrive. And this guy comes up to me and he says, uh, hey, can you spare a guy some money so I can have something to eat? And I said, you know, my ride's not gonna be here for another 45 minutes and there's a diner around the corner. Let me treat you to a dinner. And he says, no, no, just the money. And, oh, no, 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 I, I'm happy to, you know, buy you a meal but not to give you cash. And he got racing away, screaming over his shoulder, you don't know what it's like. You are on benefits. <laughs> so sometimes it's hard to embrace diversity when you're a bit insulted by that diverse community that's out there. But for every one of those, I've run into a thousand people I'm very happy to have met at one point or another. Leroy Saunders. Anybody meet Leroy? Yep. Yep. Okay, Leroy Saunders, one of our great presidents in the American Council of the Blind. I was down at his home in Oklahoma City. And uh, I was always teasing him because he said that I was an old man in a young guy's body. Well, now I'm an old man in an old guy's body. But anyway, at the time he said I was an old man in a young guy's body because I could, I could relate to him about the things that were true in his lifespan. And he took me out to his, um, what would you call it? His shed, where he keeps all the tools and things he didn't have the heart to throw away. And he picks up this piece of iron and slaps it on his work uh, bench there. Says, so Brian, tell me what that is. And I look at it for about three minutes and I said, oh, that is a cobbler's horn. When you make shoes, You've got to have something like a little shoe anvil that you put the soles on using. And it kind of looks like a giant jack from a set of jacks and ball, that kind of thing, where there's a prong going out at each direction. And Leroy just picked that up and threw it across the room and says, damn it, I thought I had you that time. <laughs> so whenever I talk to somebody, I want to know what's in their head to enjoy learning from them about what they know that I don't know, what they've experienced that I haven't experienced. Kim and I don't have any children, 
Does that stop us from advocating for blind children? No, it doesn't. It's not about me. It's about my community's needs. And my community needs the value of diversity. One of my, well, the biggest personal embarrassment in my life is I speak only one language, English. And that, on occasion, not all that well. But the fact of the matter is that I admire people who can speak multiple languages. And that's most of our immigrant population. My grand, great-grandparents on one side were Swedish, on the other side were German. And I was kind of raised by the German half of things. But I have to say the only German I remember is not worth saying in public. Uh, usually was said in my direction while shaking a finger. So, uh, but nonetheless, I appreciate the fact that I grew up in that environment. And I hope you understand the value of that in your lives. Share with one another who you are. Be proud of who you are and where you come from. Use those ears for more than holding up these wonderful uh, designer shades I'm wearing to listen to other people's stories and what they have to offer you. That infinite diversity can't hurt. It can only help you be better at what you do, whether that be as a blind person, as a mother, as a teacher, whatever it is. Embrace that infinite diversity that is part of today's theme and I hope part of the spirit that makes you part of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Thank you very much for your time. Page three. Next it says the presentation of the William A. Ruth Award and the chair of our awards committee is Adam Rushville, so I'm going to call him up at this time. All right, thank you, Madam President. Uh, the Kentucky Council of the Blind has three awards that it can or may present each year. It doesn't have to, but uh, we like to think that they are significant awards to recognize people when they're given out. Um, Last night, uh, we had our Rose and Lewis Kane Advocacy Award presented, and that went to Susan Ament. And uh, I mentioned earlier today in a meeting that a few years ago we had a uh, theme uh, weekend like we did this one, and uh, Susan came up with the name for our memorial service as the Morning Glory Memorial Service. And I've liked that ever since, and it has stuck. And we've used it since. And so, Susan, we, we thought that was a great name, and, and the fact that it has stuck indicates that. We have uh, Paula Weiss that's going to present the Lewis and Rose Kane Award. I'm embarrassed to tell every one of you the one piece of Star Trek trivia that I know. William Shatner owns a horse farm in Versailles, Kentucky, and he is very often seen around Lexington and Versailles. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. <laughs> it has been my honor 
to serve on the awards committee for the Kentucky Council of the Blind. And this is a great committee because we get to talk about all of you all. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's just great to, to bring up folks and, and look at accomplishments and things that people have done and we're scratching our heads saying, you know, well, who deserves this and who deserves that of the three awards. And then eventually we come up with more people than we have awards for. And so, you know, it goes on. So it, it's, it's really great. Normally all of these awards are presented uh, at the banquet on Saturday night, but uh, the committee and the uh, convention committee knew that this was a really special award to me and I can't be here tomorrow. So they did agree to let me present this award tonight. And it is the Rose, Rose and Lewis Kane Advocacy Award. And, um, and that, that doesn't mean that serving on this committee is, is an automatic uh, for the person you nominate because my person had to compete with other people too. But anyway, this person has worn so many hats over the years. I've known this person for probably about 15, 18 years maybe, and um, over the last 20 years has just served on committees and, and, and boards and spanning the American Council of the Blind, the Kentucky Council of the Blind, and the Bluegrass Council of the Blind, and just in, in every aspect that you can think of. And at this time, this person, is the Bluegrass Council of the Blind Peer Support Coordinator. And I would like to present the Rose and Lewis Kane Advocacy Award for her leadership in the development of mentoring. And I'm going to cry. I hate getting old because I cry over everything. And other peer support programs for individuals who are experiencing vision loss. Dr. Susan Ament. is so unbelievable. I am so appreciative. Thank you so much. I, I try to do um, you know, everything I can to, to fulfill my roles and, and go and beyond that, but I never expected this kind of recognition, and I, I'm very, 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 very pleased. Very thank you. Thank you so much. Paul Louise uh, is one of the members of the uh, awards committee, and uh, I was chair, and Rick Bogus from Owensboro is the other, and Rick, uh, I'd like you to present the uh, next award, the uh, committee uh, service for Carl, James Carl Dotson, but I'm going to present the Kentucky Council of the Blind William A. Ruth KCB Service Award. And that is an award where a person is a member of KCB and has been for some time, has done a lot for the organization uh, on a steady and constant basis, uh, willing to help, work, and so on. And it's uh, a little ironic, I think, that 
This person has been the chair of several committees over the years, but his last name is Couch. And uh, the award tonight is going to go to Joy Couch. And I'd like to I'd like I'd like to say a little bit here, but Will A. Ruth was uh, a blind person and. Uh, way back many years ago, he, he was a state legislator, uh, and he really had a lot of good ties throughout the state, uh, helped blind people, and um, so he, he helped to get KCB organized as well, and, and that's why the award was named uh, for him the KCB Service Award. And I'm going to ask uh, Patty to read the award. William A. Ruth KCB Service Award presented to Joey Lee Couch for ongoing and dependable service to KCB and its chapters through active participation on boards and committees and online dissemination of timely information to the membership. Kentucky Council of the Blind, 45th Conference and Convention. We're also going to have Patty describe it before I let Joey talk here. I'll hold it up so those who can see can see it. It is, um, it's thin at the bottom and it comes up. Um, it has a slant on the top, and it's clear in the middle with the writing, and there is a shorter blue diagonal slant going down on the left, and a green diagonal slant on the right, and it's a uh, uh, little over a foot tall. All right. Well, needless to say, I wasn't expecting to get an award like this, for sure, but it, it is greatly, greatly appreciated, and needless to say, it wasn't all expected, but I do want to uh, thank the membership for uh, thanking for uh, giving this to me and, uh, and for the time uh, it's hard to believe I've been involved with this organization for as long as I have but then again the years fly by what can I say you know when I think about these awards I always uh, want them to go to people who uh, uh, help assist others as uh, best they know how I know a couple of years ago, of course they haven't been with us for a while, um, one of the things that uh, holds our Eastern Kentucky group together is uh, volunteer drivers. Because if you would imagine, you know, that area is a very rural and spread out area for those who are not familiar with Eastern Kentucky. And because it's such, um, it, you know, there's no taxi, taxi companies, no public transportation of any kind. So basically, unless you have family or a close friend, you really can't get to many places. So the fact that uh, I've gotten this award, along with others who have done so much more, is uh, greatly appreciated. So thank you very much. Rick Bogus, would you mind coming up, please? Now, I was going to ask you to present the third award here. It's here.
All right, I'll go ahead and, and do this presentation then. Uh, the uh, James Carl Dotson Community Service Award is presented to someone or organization that uh, helps throughout the community. James Carl Dotson was uh, Carla's father. And I, uh, of course, have known Carla for years and years, and her father was the scoutmaster at the Kentucky School for the Blind when I was in Boy Scouts uh, in junior high and high school. And so uh, he, of course, made a big difference to me. He also helped uh, in the founding of KCB uh, here in the state and uh, th throughout our KCB history. And so uh, the, the award was named after him. And of course, we like to think that they uh, help and serve blind people and visually impaired, but they're also people who are active in other ways throughout their community. And uh, as I say, uh, James Carl Dotson did that. He was not only active in KCB, but he was a member of the Lions Club and Masons and other uh, community uh, leadership ways. And so uh, tonight, we're honored to uh, present this award to an organization instead of an individual that uh, certainly represents those qualities that I just mentioned in the community, and that is to our JWs. And so they, they have helped both nationally, they do service nationally and here in the state locally, and so I think, uh, uh, Brian, are you? Yes. Brian, right over here. It says, James Carl Dotson Community Service Award presented to the JW Volunteers in recognition of a, and appreciation for outstanding volunteer service to the Kentucky Council of the Blind and the American Council of the Blind. Kentucky Council of the Blind, 41st. 45th Conference and Convention, November 17, 2018. And these volunteers are great. It is green glass, all the stand, and it stands uh, probably about 14 inches tall. It comes up on the right side, I mean on the left side, and angles to the top into a top of a triangle. And it comes down on the left side, and then it has a fifth side to it, coming down on the right-hand side. And it looks like, kind of like an old piece of paper almost. Brian, we really appreciate all the uh, opportunities that we have to uh, serve you all. Uh, we thank you for allowing us to be part of your community uh, as well. Uh, it brings to mind some wise words someone said uh, in the Bible, in Proverbs uh, 22.1. It says, a good name is to be chosen rather than great wealth, and to be respected is better than silver and gold. So we uh, really appreciate all the opportunities that we've had to uh, help you all and make your conventions more accessible and more enjoyable. I hope this past year. Thank you so much.
you're both respected and silver and gold. So we, we have we have it all. And Madam President, yes. I just want to thank the committee again, uh, Rick Bogus and Alois, for helping. We had uh, about four meetings and we had some interesting discussions, but we think we came up with three terrific uh, winners. So I thank them, and I'll turn it back to you, please. Is uh, this is Amanda? Is Valerie Ryder in here? Okay, Valerie, I heard some news earlier that you have a very special announcement that you feel like the Kentucky Council of the Blind needs to hear. So can you raise your hand and we'll have a volunteer bring you the mic. The special thing that I would like to recognize, I know most of you might know, but we have the National White Cane Safety Day in October the 15th. Well, we picked somebody in the community that, that does community service for the blind and visually impaired. So this year, we picked a special lady that is our Madam Chairman, Miss Debbie Deffrich, to be our white, the Ryder Shaw National White King Award for this year. Thank you very much. Page 4, The Sound Prince Calendar. November 19, the Kentucky Council of the Blind Board will meet at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Dial 669-900-6833 and enter code 3572-595-193. On November 23, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have an informal roundabout. Drop in and share the holiday with GLCB. A roundabout that's just for fun, games, hobbies, visiting with friends, and of course, dinner and snacks. From 3.30 to 9.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, call 502-895-4598 to sign up. November 24 is the Thanksgiving Open House at the American Printing House for the Blind, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Plan to bring family and friends to APH's one-of-a-kind museum. Visitors can write their names in Braille, see a book from Helen Keller's Bible, learn about guide dogs, play games, and read books designed for children who are blind, and enjoy many other activities in the award-winning museum. Holiday goodies and hot cider will be served for all ages. For more information, call 502-899-2213. On November 25, ACB Families will have its peer support group at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Participate from anywhere in the country by calling 712-432-3900, code 796096. And that's the night of the ACB Families Drawing for Visa gift cards for all people who have paid their 2019 ACB Families dues. For more information, call 502-897-1472. On November 26, the Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana will have their conference call at 7 p.m. by phone. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. On November 28, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have a peer support group meeting from noon to 2 p.m. at the BCB office in Lexington. For more information, call 
259-1834. Looking ahead to December, on December 1, there will be a holiday craft workshop at the American Printing House for the Blind Museum from 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Visit the museum to learn how people who are blind and visually impaired see with their fingertips. Then craft your own tactile ornament or holiday decoration. Free, but there's limited space. Best for children, six and up, and adults. For more information, call 502-899-2213. Also on December 1 is Christmas with the Council, a Christmas party at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, sponsored by the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind. Doors open at 4 p.m., bargain table and sign up at 4.30. Dinner, games, Christmas caroling, and Santa Claus, lots of fun for everyone. Plan to attend this annual event. Activities at the event are sponsored by various KCB chapters. For information and to sign up, call 502-895-4598. You're welcome to bring your families. Cost is $6 per person. On December 2nd is the 7th Annual ACB Radio Holiday Auction. At 7 p.m. Eastern Time or until all items are sold. Tune in for lots of bidding, fun, and surprises. Pre-registration for the auction begins November 20. Call 877-630-7190 to pre-register. On December 4, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will have its conference call at 8 p.m. They will be using the new conference call number of 669-900-6833 with the access code 3572-595-193. This is a call that's open to anyone throughout the state of Kentucky who is experiencing vision loss or has questions about living with low vision. On December 6th, the American Council of Blind Lions will have its December conference call beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. This is an excellent opportunity to share ideas about how to be involved in your local Lions clubs and to get more information about becoming a Lion. At 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 712-432-3900, enter code 796096. December 7 will be a GLCB roundabout, education and technology from 3.30 to 5, discussion from 5 to 6, dinner 6 to 7, games from 7 to 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, call 502-895-4598 to sign up, sponsored by the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind. December 8 is the GLCB board meeting at 11 a.m., by phone 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On December 9, the Kentucky Council of the Blind Next Generation will have their chapter meeting at 8 p.m. by phone. Call 669-900-6833 and enter code 3572-595-193. On December 10, KCB Next Generation will have their nationwide conference call for members and anyone under 40 
who is interested in a national organization for the under 40 crowd. Call 669-900-6833 and enter code 3572-595-193. The time of the call is 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. On December 11, Savvy will hold its Christmas party in Owensboro from 12 to 2.30 p.m. Central Time. More details coming soon. On December 12, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have a meeting by telephone at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Call 605-475-4700 and enter code 155-619. Also on December 12, the KCBPR Membership Committee will meet at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Dial 669-900-6833 and enter code 3572-595-193. December 13 is the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision Support Group Meeting in Louisville, 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. This is a great activity for those who have begun experiencing vision loss or who have had vision loss for several years and have questions about how to live with vision loss at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. For more information, call 502-895-4598. There will be another GLCB roundabout on December 14. This one will have education and technology from 3.30 to 5, discussion from 5 to 6, dinner 6 to 7, bargain table at 7 o'clock, bingo $2 a person from 7.30 to 9.30. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, call 502-895-4598 to sign up. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind, or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.